Welcome back to another episode of the Traders Brawl podcast uh, in collaboration with Super Future Technology, a new, uh, newly launched uh, crypto exchange here in Dubai. Um, Traders Brawl is Dubai's first fitness with financial freedom podcast talk show. And um, for those who don't know, uh, welcome. I'm Adele Burton, and I have a special guest with me today, Jimmy Daudu from Vault Hill. Hey, hey, hey. Um, really excited and pleasure to be to be on here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, Jimmy, we've met uh, many times before um, in networking events. I think the first time I met you was in Dubai Design District. Mm. Uh, you had your booth there and um, uh, you had your metaverse uh, display. Uh-huh. And so to today's today's topic is, you know, what is the metaverse and what are its implications and impact on our daily lives? But before we get into that, <laughs> how are you? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> physically and well, mentally. Mentally, um, I'm getting there, getting better. It's been quite challenging and overwhelming running a startup in itself, you know, wearing different hats, sales, chief servant officer, um, product owner, fundraiser. It's, It's overwhelming in itself. But, you know, going to therapy, making sure I'm looking after my mental health, socializing, networking and, you know, all of those fun stuff that come with the job. Definitely. I, I really, really, um, I really resonate with what you just said. I know being a founder and entrepreneur, there's so many stresses that come with that, especially, you know, when you feel like you have to handhold people and, you know, they won't perform the same way as you. Yeah. So you take on more responsibility than, than you should. hundred percent, hundred percent. And for, for me, with, with that exact example, it's trying to be as patient as possible with people. Mm. Not everyone's going to do it to your standard, your level, your quality, but also you also want to get the impact from people, get people the freedom to do their work independently as well. But, exactly. you know, all of that comes together and can be challenging and very, overwhelming. Very, no, that's, that's, I agree. Um, but good, good that you're, 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 you know, you said you mentioned you're doing therapy. That's good that you're looking after your health. Yeah. It's really important. Um, so I heard you recently traveled. Yes. What was that about? Um, so I got invited <laughs> to speak at an event in the UK. We Vault Hill, the world, the, the company behind the world's first human centric metaverse. We started off in London, mm. in the UK. And then um, early last year, we opened up shop in, in Dubai. So I got invited to speak at a Web3 event called Web3 Live um, in London. It was uh, the second and third, missed my dates now, first and second of June. Um, and then I still have family in the UK. So, you know, mixed business and, and pleasure together. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great, great. Um, so in that case, since we're now going to segue into to Vault Hill, maybe uh, give an introduction of what is exactly Vault Hill. Good. So, so I have various explanations for it, right? The, the simple one is creating a new channel of experience for brands, products, and services. And what I mean by that is a classic example. I love like Nike shoes. Mm. I customize mm-hmm. a whole I can lot tell. of them. You're, you're, you're rocking, the, rocking the, the kicks today. It's part of the outfit. It's part of the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Nike, you know, as a consumer, you could go into the mall of Emirates, pick up a pair of Nike shoes. You mm. could go on your computer online, pick up a pair of Nike shoes. You could go on your mobile, pick up a pair the metaverse is the next evolution where you could also customize and pick up a pair in the metaverse. Mm. So technically we enable all of those transactions and that new experience for consumers and new revenue stream for brands. 
Okay, I see. Really, that's really cool. So let's say I I am a a, a retail or a person who wants to get involved in Vault Hill. Could you walk me through the the customer journey process? How I could get involved and how how I I would benefit? Absolutely. So we, we've kind of made it very simple, and we've come up with four key onboarding or user journeys, right? And I'm not going to go boring into the technical details. We have product lines and all of that, but the first is brand activation. Mm. So you want to come into the meta- metaverse. How do you know what to do? We handhold you, understand. We work with you to understand why you want to come in. What are you trying to do? Are you a consumer? Are you a brand? Whatever it is, we we work with you around brand activation. Then the second is around custom acquisition. How do we do an activation that brings in more customers? How do we leverage the Web three community? How do we also enable businesses to understand about community building? The third is around revenues. Now you spent this money acquiring customers and activating your brand in Metaverse. How do you bring get money back? So again, work with you around techniques and strategies and approach within the Metaverse to do that. And the last is retention. How do you get people coming back? Mm-hmm. What are those loyalty schemes? How can I incentivize people to change their psychological behavior to come back into the metaverse and actually enjoy it? If I give you an example, um, Hugo Boss, they sell clothing, right? Um, they did an activation, I think, a few months ago. Um, my, mate, my mate T-Bolt at Exclusible was part of a team um, that um, launched Hugo Boss into the metaverse. And from a statistics perspective, the time spent on their website, on that page for that product was, I think, about 20 times greater in the metaverse for that same product. Wow. So just from an engagement perspective and a visit perspective, you could see the benefits of being in the metaverse. I see. So the engagement levels are much higher. Are you saying they're much higher uh, in the metaverse than in the physical world? Uh much higher than the websites. In the websites, okay, Correct. right. And actually, right. in the physical world as well, depending mm. on how you shop. Mm. I'm the kind of person that if I want to buy something, I know what I'm going to buy. I go get it. I don't even try it. Well, maybe I try it on. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't like shopping, so I go and get something and leave. Okay. You know, so for my kind of person or persona in the metaverse, I would have spent three, four times the amount of time I would have spent at the physical shop on the metaverse. Right. Okay. Okay. So th- this is a great deep dive uh, into the metaverse. And before we get into it, maybe for the audience who are watching this and are new to this page, um, wh- how would you define the metaverse, uh, and and what why why is it unique? So so the metaverse is a socially shared virtual space. Let's put it that way. So it's being in the internet rather than approaching the internet from your phone or your device. So mm. the metaverse allows you to create a virtual identity through your avatar. You could go into different spaces. So think about it like the internet back in the eighties when Bill Gates was on the David Letterman show talking about the internet and he was being ridiculed saying, Hey, but as radio yes. and TV and you know, I'm like, guys, that is the same space we are now. Again, in the 70s, if you had a computer, like an IBM computer, you probably need a crane to get it into your office. <laughs> yeah. But now your, your computer is the palm of your hand through your mobile phone. So that's mm. the evolution. And, mm. you know, that is where we see the metaverse going to. Um, lucky enough, uh, a few Mondays, last Monday? Yeah, last Monday, Apple announced the Apple Vision Pro. Again, you know, meta has been doing stuff like about seven other 
um, XR device producers like Lenovo announced new devices. So you can see where the money is going in R&D and you can see the future of that. They always say, if you know you want to know the future, follow the money. That's but, true. Know, a lot of billions of dollars are being spent in this space. And I feel like people should engage in one way, one way shape or form. That's true. And I, I resonate with, uh, with the VR headset because they're, they're at the moment, um, they are revolutionizing how uh, we interact with technology mm-hmm. in the sense that your pupils are able to uh, like select and mark. Yeah. Eye right? tracking. It's crazy. Eye tracking. Yeah. That, that yeah. is the next thing. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. Because I think with the meta one, um, again, they put, it, they put out limited information, but part of the advancement and the next release would have a bit of substitution if you wear glasses. So imagine actually I wear glasses to work on a computer. Yeah. If my work went from a screen to VR and I'm having three screens and I have my prescription in my VR glasses, I'm not going to need a glasses and monitors anymore. I'm just going to need one device. Mm-hmm. So futuristically speaking, there are a lot of advantages and benefits. Mm. Wow. This is crazy stuff. I, I, they're retailing at, at one three thousand five hundred. Yes. Yeah, so again, yes, it's a price point. Yes, yes we know it's Apple. Yes, we yeah. know it's quality. Yes, we know they're a cult. Yeah, I say, dare I say that? Dare I have, you say I, that? I have, I have an Apple phone. <laughs> Same. But you know, this is a pro version. Is for folks like myself, developers and app builders and all of that. And you know early adopters the mm. next version is going to be slightly cheaper and you mm. know as as i keep saying the the more we adopt technology the lower the cost of the hardware around that's technology true. gets that's true that's true okay wow that's great um okay let's let's move on to the next question um so i want to ask what are the um the ways in which the metaverse could transform the way i mean we we kind of talked about this maybe maybe in more detail yeah. transform the way we communicate and interact with each other on a day-to-day basis how will the metaverse change that so it's there are various use cases and examples for the metaverse and um a good scenario was the analysis of industry experts um last monday when apple announced trying to segment each of the industries and understanding you know where is Apple trying to play at? Mm. If you look at Facebook, it's all about, or Meta's Oculus Quest, it's all about um, exercise, um, you know, activity type um, communication. If you look at the ads from Apple, it's more around communication, productivity, um, being at home, watching like cinema type visuals and all of that. So you could start to see, hey, if I want to do gaming and activities, I buy Oculus. If I want to switch to work and, you know, content creation to generate money and funds, I use Apple. So mm-hmm. again, you're starting to see where that looks like. Answering your question from a communication perspective, it's it's all over the place. And I feel like as we start to dive into this, so we're talking to, to a, a client now around bringing training into the metaverse and moving That's away true. from your 2D training and videos to making it more engaging. Mm-hmm. I remember when I used to work at Barclays, um, every quarter we had compliance training and would always get an email on the last day of the quarter saying, hey, if you don't do this, you know, this is going to go to the MDs, MDs, MDs and the CEO. And everyone's like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. So that last week of the deadline, everyone's scrambling. Of course. Because it's boring. Because mm. it's, you know, we have to do this because we have to do this. Yes. But if you make, 
you know, training in the metaverse, fun, engaging. Once it's out, I'm going to be one of the first people to want to do the training. Right. So from a, a business perspective, it reduces compliance risk, mm-hmm. which can be quite expensive. So again, there are a lot of benefits around around this in everyday life around communication. Okay. Yeah. And I also, to build on that, I think I also have another example, uh, a particular industry that will definitely make use of the metaverse is healthcare, especially in the, in the context of performing surgeries. Uh, in a more engaging and educational way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, w- within Vault Hill, and I'm not trying to sell, I'm trying to educate. <laughs> so, sure. hey, uh, within Vault Hill, we have, you know, we're built on human instincts and we've mm. taken seven out of 16 basic human instincts, mm. things that make you and I human, mm. you know, things like vitality, idealism, community, romance, play. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm. speaking about your example about surgery in the vitality district, we've just incorporated AI where you have an avatar you can walk to and talk to Dr. Emily, the therapist around anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. you know? So again, mm-hmm. that is now how you now evolve what you currently have in the in the metaverse and part of what i've been reading and seeing is the metaverse is going to activate the artificial intelligence side of things mm-hmm. so make it more visual make it more pronounced make it more dominant and it's it's incredible i want to build on that so you mentioned um speaking to a therapist and you know healthcare you're giving a lot of information so yeah. i've got a question for you um it's it may be a little bit difficult but let's go for it so Privacy and security are significant concerns in the digital realm. Yep. So how do you think the metaverse will address these issues in the context of security? Uh, and what challenges do you think uh, could would, would still remain? So, so when we talk about privacy and data, right, it, it, the whole premise of Web3 is ownership of data, mm. right? So that is already being solved in itself, like... I'm not getting spammed by emails. My data is not being sent to or sold to advertising agencies. I can control where I want to be in and where I don't want to be in through my wallet and all of that good stuff. So I think from a privacy perspective, that is all taken care of. However, there is also a challenge around the user experience. You know, if I have a wallet that is Ethereum-based, and I have a wallet that is Solana-based, and I have a wallet that is Tezos-based, how do I use that in various metaverses? How do I use that to communicate? It becomes a bit more challenging, Mm. right? So again, the technology is still early. We're still going to get to a point where it's going to be very seamless, just like you use your your Face ID or your Apple phone to unlock almost every app. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that point, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. Part of the challenges I see is how do we crack that interoperability problem, mm-hmm. not just with the wallet, but also with the experiences, you know, working with the likes of various metaverse partners as well to understand, hey, how do we create a unified technology around 3D assets? Mm-hmm. You know, there's an asset class called the FBX, GLB. So it's how do we standardize that across the board? Mm-hmm. We're still figuring it out. I'm not going to tell you there's a clear answer to it, but various startups and various um, folks we're working with right now working on that for us to incorporate and integrate into our ecosystem. Okay, uh, just to go back to the privacy and security. So let's say you're speaking to, uh, you know, you're in the metaverse. You're speaking to, like, say, an, an AI. Yeah. Um, called like Emily. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're giving Dr. all the Emily. Dr. <laughs> Emily. Yeah. <laughs> nice secretary glasses. Okay. Uh, Dr. Emily is listening to all the things that you're opening up about and you're being vulnerable about so 
where does this data then get stored? So you're saying it gets stored on a decentralized way where it's like split across many computers and nobody can access it but yourself? Correct. So, so again, there are a number of ways, right? So part of the proof of concept we're using is a mix of centralized and decentralized servers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of what you're sharing and storing, all of that is obviously being captured and used to train the model. Part of where we're getting at is Dr. Emily herself will be connected to the real Dr. Emily. So the real Dr. Emily in real life will be training Dr. Emily, the AI avatar in Vitality in Vault Hill City to talk to you and I if we had any challenges. So from a security and privacy perspective, it now depends on, hey, once we start to forge this out and make it bigger and impactful, it's not, okay, guys, how do we look at data ownership here? How do we also look at data security and privacy from regional perspective? You know, you have GDPR in Europe, for example, mm-hmm. we're in Dubai. Yeah. How do we work through all of those, you know, geographical loopholes? Again, I don't have all the answers. We're yeah, working yeah, with yeah. partners that do, but it's a brilliant question. And for us, we're piloting with a centralized model. We also have the decentralized model through IPFS. But again, you start to look at cost implications and starting to understand, okay, what fits best? You know, it's all well and good. We have that community approach of, you know, want everything, you know, on-chain, on-chain, on-chain. But, you know, if I ask people, do you know how much it costs to have a gig on-chain? They probably wouldn't know. Mm. You know, so again, Mm. it's now, you know, what what is that trade-off practically? Right. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Um, I like the idea that it's it is the privacy concerns are, are solved yeah. uh, by the fact that it's it's on the blockchain and you know only through your own um, uh, it, because the blockchain is meant to be unpenetrable. Yeah. And um, through your own um, seed phrase or whatever, you can access what's yeah. what, what's on the blockchain. Yeah. Um, now the only I guess the the the, the only non fail proof thing is if servers burn out or, or, or die because if the servers die there's no metaverse yeah just the same way as servers die there's no internet there's no internet <laughs> <laughs> takes us back to the stone age exactly <laughs> but but i guess it, it's a really important question and if if i look at what the guys are polygon ethereum you know um polka dot are doing it's how how do we continue to replicate instances you know, if I actually look at AWS as well and server stacking and latencies and all of that, having data centers across the world for fail safe and high availability, again, it's still the same premise. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's a tough one to crack, but I guess we're 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 doing this with very very smart people, mm-hmm. and you know, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, if you're in the server business, you're you're in the money. Because the servers are just going to increase. Yes, but I think it, it depends on location. Because yeah. with, with, with every data center you build, there's always going to be operational costs, diesel, yes. light, electricity, True. you know, security, insurance, you know, all of those all operational of those. type costs. So, you know, I think one of the, the new in, innovations are having data centers underwater so submarine data centers yeah microsoft started looking at that a couple of years ago it's quite interesting that's quite interesting and there's also there's there's a sustainability angle to that as well Mm -hmm. apparently there's more co2 savings in seas than in trees wow (laughs) (laughs) so you know there's there's a lot of perspective around that yeah Yeah, putting putting it in submerged in in the ocean would make it tsunami proof (laughs) 
No, once you once you get a, a faulty pipe or something, what yeah. happens? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're <laughs> done. <Or a> crack. <laughs> one crack. It just takes one crack. I know, but hey, let's look at the the, yeah, 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 the yeah. architecture <laughs> of you know, like London. You have Blackwall Tunnel. It's you know in water. You know, it's been on for a what, mm. couple hundred years now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, these innovations are there, but it's always good to you know check yourself to say, hey, what can go wrong, and okay. how do we fix what, what goes what goes wrong? Okay, let's move on to another question. So, um, apart from gaming and uh, the obvious uh, industries, what other industries and sector- sectors do you believe will be most heavily influenced by the metaverse? Um, so, so I was in a conversation uh, on Monday with um, a chap called Liam Gill, and you know, really savvy guy, supporting us in our fundraising and pitch review and how we do our pitch decks and all of that. And he was talking about the beer industry. Wow. Yeah, that, that was the same expression I had. Like beer, beer. Wow. And and he he made a valid point. You know, a lot of it is is dominated by a few players, right? And from a marketing play perspective, there isn't a lot of marketing around innovation. It's always the same thing. How do we, you know, get a superstar stadium, some sports, bring people together? And, you know, he was looking at, well, we were just deliberating about things around, you know, how the metaverse can enhance tourism in the beer industry. How do you start to show people how you craft beer mm. through the metaverse and experience mm. that through, um, you know, through the metaverse, VR glasses and all of that. And also, how do you use that to channel marketing and sales to drive revenue in? So that's one 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 element to it. I'll say another is productivity, which we already know. Um, part of the, the teaser videos from Apple's Vision Pro had three screens in it where, you know, you could have your work computer and one or two screens like I do. I use two screens mm-hmm. and then one just showing, you know, CNN or Sky News, mm-hmm. you know. So, again, rather than now having three monitors, I just need one headset. One headset. You know. Um, so, once you start to look at it, every industry you could use this for. My God, you know, it's it's, it's mind blowing. Like, I kid you not. Like I have clients come into the office in Silicon, our office in Silicon Oasis, put them into it, and they just, like the ideas just start coming themselves. Like I don't even need to pitch anymore. Mm. It's like, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? So now my role is now to tame them in terms of hey, the technology is not yet there. You could do this, but maybe in another two years. <laughs> yeah, you know? okay. but it's it's so fascinating how everyone understands it once they get into it yeah um for the naysayers out there i'm like hey just get into something jump on a metaverse that's web-based you know there's roblox for example mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. minecraft there's fortnite there's voltel you know experience it in one, sh- one way shape or form understood understood okay um of course you know when it comes to things that are more physical that require more physical activity let's say like going to the fitness industry yeah. and gym i i could imagine you know immersing just when they become as thin as these glasses yeah one day when they when they're not super thick yeah. as thin as these glasses i could wear them on go on a treadmill and feel immersed like i'm in running in some kind of cool tunnel you know i'm running and i'm in there i'm in this world yeah absolutely but just check that out you know once once this becomes more mainstream you could have you know your community members join you on that yeah you know and all of you are running together together right you know it's mind-blowing there's you know you could do kayaking right now in in vr you could do fishing 
you know, th- there's a whole lot of stuff that people don't know about. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's really crazy. It is. It is. It is. It's mind blowing. I'll tell you this. Um, don't tell my wife. <laughs> she won't check this. Don't worry. <laughs> Close your ears. <laughs> there was a time we were watching War Bed and she wanted to watch one of her TV shows and I didn't want to watch the same. And I put on my headset and I went to Netflix and I was watching my own stuff and she was watching the TV in the room. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. <laughs> no comment. No comments. <laughs> but yeah. So based on that example, you could argue that um this could also have a social impact, maybe slightly negative social impact, because people will be just become so immersed in their own mm-hmm, world mm-hmm. that they don't need to be in a room anymore. Absolutely. You're you're spot on. And I think Part of how we pitch this at Voltil and let people know is we're not trying to build a dystopian type of world. There's always going to be a need for interaction. But just imagine during, not even imagine, like during the pandemic, the amount mm. of mental health cases around loneliness. You have a lot of people in the billions in the world that still don't know how to talk to people and interact with people and not comfortable and really, really shy just being out there. You know, so all of the capabilities through the metaverse, through VR, aims to solve some of those. So while that scenario with my wife was for, you know, a couple of minutes or about an hour tops, you know, we still have 24 hours and I, I wasn't in the metaverse all day. Mm. You know, there was still that social interaction, but you're, you're spot on. And I think, you know, various industries and sectors will need to look at how do we how do we work through those social norms mm. with the use of this mm-hmm. it, it's the same things with with everything guns phones tvs once all of this innovation come around it's always what is the safety element of this how do we make sure you know with the tv as well people watch tv 24 hours a day you know that impacts eyesights how yes. do we make sure that you know we're able to get the TV manufacturers like Samsung and Co to make sure how they're building doesn't impact the eyes. And this also started in VR and the likes of Meta have started looking at technological innovations around, you know, dizziness when you wear the VR headsets. Mm-hmm. So again, as you start to grow with the technology, all of this becomes better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, as technolo- technological advancements happen with time, you yeah. know, Rome was not built in one day. So, you know, I can't imagine what, what it would look like in 2020, in 2020, 2050, hey. for example. Hey, I should ask my kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another question now on, on geographical and cultural divides. So yeah. do you think the metaverse could bridge geographical and cultural divides in the sense that there could be one standardized, because, uh, you know, right now there are different rules for different countries. Mm-hmm. But when we're in the metaverse, you're in the metaverse. Yeah. Could there be a bridging of, um, I suppose, standards and, and rules that we all just follow? Or will there still be divides in which country you're in means you have to follow this set of rules? Yeah. So so I'd say there would always be rules, mm. right? Because every, every country wants to have sovereign rights mm. over their region. Citizens, yeah. yeah exactly. Mm. You'd never, you'd never um, um, be able to trouble that. However, what I could say is... You know, if I look at the the what I say the benefits of the pandemic, <laughs> um, if you look at remote working, yeah. you know, the challenges of remote working, let's put that aside to one to one side, but the benefits of remote working has been 
incredible. Now employees or employers are like, oh, I'm going to go higher in this country because, you know, I can now, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to be in the office anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a talent perspective, you're not getting diverse talent in your workforce, enabling productivity and increasing revenues because of the advent of remote working. Same with the metaverse. You know, once the technology, once the innovations, once the industry sector starts to brace this in full time, it's it's going to be incredible. Mm. So, I don't, I don't think there will be a divide. I'd say a more collaborative, collaborative. very en- embracing approach to the use of this. So um, at the Dubai Metaverse Assembly last year, you had the, um, pardon me if I missed this right, um, the Prime Minister of the Bahamas. I may have been, was it, which, which month was this? This was in October last year. Oh, I think it was Dr. Marwan was there. Yes. Yeah, I was there. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, but but in um, the, the Bahamian embassy, and they, they also have their CBDC as yes. well. Oh, you yes. Know, the, the sand dollars. Um, you know, they're talking about em- um, embassy visa approvals through the metaverse, government services through the metaverse. So if I want to apply for a visa right now, I could do that in a metaverse. Oh, wow. and get it, you know, approved. So... You start to see that collaboration rather than divide, you know, because the technology is here to stay. Like mm-hmm. I keep saying to people, it's an added income stream. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing X, you do X, you know, you're selling shoes in a store, you go online. Again, the same way people were hesitant to go online and then they found out, oh, I make more money online, online. than in the shop. Same thing with the metaverse. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think we can we can agree it's going to bridge cultural divides yeah. and bring people together. Absolutely. And make things more efficient and hopefully less less costly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean the, the the startup cost is always, you know, with every new technology, you know, back when the Macintosh came out, again, huge prices. When the iPhone came out, huge prices. Mm-hmm. When GSM SIM cards came out, huge prices. And then more adoption. Mm-hmm. cost of technology reduces. Fantastic. I, I want to move on to now a little bit of AI, so right. artificial intelligence. Are we seeing any examples or use cases of the bridging uh, of or between uh, the metaverse and AI? Absolutely, 110%. Uh, you know, I feel like AI, uh, the metaverse is going to bring... Is the metaverse bringing AI to life or AI, AI bringing the meta- metaverse to life? I'm not sure. One of those. Figure one it out. Um, but in all honesty, you know, we we rebranded to Volatile.ai when we turned two on the 20th of May. Um, and part of that is the strategy we tagged embracing the future, right? AI is here. It's mm-hmm. here to stay. It's been here a while ago. And my first degree in 20, 2009, 2010. Eight, I did a module on AI. My master's at the University of Bristol in 2011, I did a module on AI as well. So again, it's been here for a while. The practical applications are just being really, really consumed right now mm-hmm. because everyone's like, oh, I could do this quicker. I could do this faster. I could do this better. Mm-hmm. So you now start to bring in that concept of, oh, this was around from a back-end perspective, but now let's bring it to the front end. Let's bring it to the consumers. How can I write a pitch deck in seconds and minutes rather than in mm-hmm. weeks and days? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think coming back to the metaverse and one of the examples I keep using therapy close to my heart 
we launched um, Dr. Emily again okay. um, a few weeks ago where you can walk to Dr. Emily and from a knowledge base and bank, you could talk to her about anxiety, depression. And then part of the roadmap is finding a couple of other Dr. Emily's and you know, getting them to own that bank and then monetizing that through NFTs as well. So again, bridging Web3, Metaverse and AI together. And the beauty about what we're doing is from an access perspective, what we currently have, we can open it up to emerging nations like Lagos, Africa, where you don't have access to mental health and you could have an AI powered avatar, you know, speak to someone that's mm. going through something without having to pay, you know, 400, 500 dirhams an hour to speak to mm-hmm. a real therapist. Mm-hmm. All they would need is access to the internet. Exactly, which they do right now. And, you know, fun fact, there are more mobile phones in Africa than clean water. What? Yes. Really? Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Wow. And then with the advent of Starlink, again, internet access and remote locations is, you know, solvable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Now that's, that's really good. I mean... We're bridging AI, Web3, Metaverse. That is, the, these are things that were happening right now. The bridging of them is a natural thing. Yeah, absolutely. A natural thing in the cycle. Absolutely. So you could, let's say, go on, on where the VR headset and literally go on ChatGPT, but instead of a website, it's an immersive. Exactly. So rather than, sorry, rather than having a chatbot um, type in, yeah. I could talk, talk and someone talks back to me. Right. So we're doing a proof of concept with one of our clients, Whipper, around government services. You know, how do we start bringing, you know, I want to renew an Ijari, for example. How do mm. I do that? And then it brings out everything I need to do. Mm-hmm. How do I renew my UAE visa? Or, you know, how do I get a car in the UAE? It brings out everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it's more interactive. And I ask it a, a, a different type of question. And it tailors that question back to me mm. rather than one of those mundane chatbots that goes, this is the same answer. This is the same answer. This is the same answer. Good. I, I like that. I, I really resonate with that. Um, one thing I wanted to know now is, and you know, going forward, the whole metaverse, uh, being in, in, in immersive experiences, um, and it just leads to limitless creation and exploration. Yep. I wonder how, how do you think it might affect things like creativity, art, entertainment, things like that? So, so I've heard, I've heard a debate about this and I have a couple of friends that are embracing AI with their creativity. So really good friends with Amrita Seti, first NFT mm. artist in the UAE. And, you know, she, she's created, um, you know, some AI type imagery and worked through that creativity with the innovation. So, and I do have friends that are like, hey, FAI, I'm still going to be paint drawing. I'm still going to be mm. canvas drawing. And that is the value. Mm. Now, no one, you know, like the, the, the value association is by who pays. So if I see a painting and I want to put in a million dollar bid on that painting, whether it was AI or hand brushed or whatever it is, it's the value I associate to it, to it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yes, you're always going to have that challenge around creativity. You know, another one is around the IP, Mm -hmm. you know, which again, um, part of the petitions out there, you know, the open letter around AI was regulation. And, um, you know, one one of the, I call him the AI fathers, godfathers, Mo Godwat. Apologies, I don't think I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but he used to be the chief business officer at Google X and recently the chief AI officer at Stephen Bartlett's Flight Story. 
and he 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 mentioned a couple of things in a recent episode with Stephen Bartlett around how do you stop or slow down AI, and he said a couple of things. One around humanity uniting, which that might never happen. Never <laughs> imagine North Korea and the USA, you know, shaking hands. Yeah, yeah, that will going for some, beers. Yeah, that will come sometime. But hey, let's not talk about politics, no, please. No, please. Uh, but, but that was one thing about you know humanity uniting. The mm. second thing was around taxing companies that use AI ninety nine percent to slow it down. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know looking at good parenting. If you have kids, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're a good parent because. If you look at the generation alpha, those are the guys that are going to be using AI in depth, mm-hmm. you know, as, mm-hmm. as it evolves. And it's making sure whatever we're training, the data sets of AI is good and not bad, mm-hmm. you know. So it, once you start to read into it and it could get dark pretty yeah. quickly. Right, right. Yeah. Already but, we're seeing, um, sorry, I didn't mean to No, no, carry on, carry on. I was just wanted to say, um, I make a point that already we're seeing AI on its own, um, copying voices, copying, yeah. fa- you know. Deep fakes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, making making songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're actually making songs, publishing these songs, and uh, these artists never said a word. Yeah. They just use their voice. Yeah. Again, this is where I feel like regulation needs to come in, and mm. it's challenging. How do you tell, and I'm, Jeez, man, I'm at that point where I need to start watching out what I say, but I'm going to say what it is. Yeah. How do you get to a point where, you know, the, the, the folks building AI, look at OpenAI, Sam and Co. I can imagine how much their their engineers are being paid annually and you're telling a government official or a government team wasn't as paid as handsomely as them mm-hmm. to regulate something that they don't know, which is... The, the likes of OpenAI team are almost, you know, six times, five times smarter than oh, the governments. Yeah. You know, let's call a spade a spade, you know. So it's like, how, how do you bridge that? How do yeah. you get regulators to regulate something that they have, have no experience in? Experience about and they're not you're financially gonna need, incentivized. You're going to need somebody from that side. Exactly. Team. Why would they come on their side? Exactly. Unless and, they're very compensated. And, and and the reason why you do that is, you know, you need to ensure that the, the private sector is also you know, in that loop of decision making around policies. Mm-hmm. Again, politics, government, I really don't want to talk about it because we hey, have to talk about it. We have to talk <laughs> about it. Talk it about it's it. calling a spade a spade. Like, yeah. you know, we need to ensure that the right people with the right technical know-how are part of the, the team making the policies and regulating all of this. And wow. it's fundamentally important we get it regulated as soon as possible. And this remains a challenge. It is, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. And different mm-hmm. governmental agencies, you know, I know Dubai, Sheikh Hamdan um, has, has signed another um, directive into law around, you know, set it up an AI, AI um, center and ensuring that um, all government services start to embrace this. Again, Dubai is very forward thinking. Um, so for for me, it's you know how do we start looking at regulations from a geographic perspective to ensure that what one person is doing isn't undoing what another government is doing and vice versa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, um, I want to move on to another question regarding um, the future of our children. Yeah. So we know that the metaverse is the future. Now I wonder what are the future of jobs for our children because. Before they even get a job, will they even need to study? Will they even need a diploma? Will that still, do you think, in your opinion, still be necessary when you have the likes of ChatGPT, MidJourney, and all these open AI systems? Where do you see the future of jobs for our children? 
Um, I think it's we will start. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think we're going to start with future of jobs right now, <laughs> right through this AI evolution. And you know, speaking about the kids, my my son and I play Roblox every other day. Bless him. <laughs> um, you know, he's he jumped in Volatile City, and he was like, "Oh, daddy, this is not touchscreen. Like, I can't move this." And oh I'm my like, god, like, chill, man, chill. <laughs> like, you know, he's already used to the iPad, and right. you know, no keyboards and all of that good stuff, and. You know, I feel like we need to be careful with our kids. I think we need to bring them in in the right way, uprightly, to be kind to people, mm. to be good people. Mm. You know, um, especially around the emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. Because if I look at the generation alpha right now, they're the ones that are going to be really, really programming and shifting the models within all of the GBTs out there. You know, so. From a job perspective, I keep saying, let's take a practical example. I'm a content writer. I think that job is already impacted right now because mm. I can go to chat GBT and exactly. go, I have a podcast interview about this, this, this. Give me 10 bullet points. Mm. Done. Mm. Or I want a blog post about X, Y, Z. Done. Seconds. Mm. Mm. So I, if I was a content writer and it took me like a day and a half to write a content for a product... I can now do that in seconds. Mm-hmm. So my advice to content writers, again, you could dispute this, is you know talk to your current employer and say, hey, I'm going to be using this tool. You don't need to pay me as much anymore. However, I want to go work for three other folks to standardize my income. And what that does is you now get into, if you're opportune to do this, you now get into different work ethics, different industries, because now you're, you're maintaining a portfolio of content they're writing for various organizations or coordinating for various organizations. You know, someone's still going to put that human touch to that chat GPT article, right? And that's going to be you. But the time you spend doing that is not going to be a lot anymore because you mm-hmm. have this AI technology helping you out. So it's, it's going to be very, very specific. There's always going to be a human, a human touch needed. Um, but I think it's like, like they say, it's not AI that's going to take your job. It's someone using AI that's going to take mm, your job. So mm. it's how do you get clever? How do you get smarter to understand, you know, these technologies and all of that? Three, two weeks ago, I was, you know, in a meeting with my head of products and he was sharing his screen and he went into chat GBT and it looked foreign to me. I'm like, I'm paying for this. You're paying for this. Why does yours look like this? And it's like, oh, he has six plugins and he showed oh, yeah, me yeah, one yeah, like yeah. that. AI PRM or plug it. I'm like, shit. Yeah. And guess what? I told the team today, I was like, during our team meeting, TK, you do a walkthrough of this. So everyone has this. That increases productivity. It's mm. not, oh, I know how to do this. I kept the knowledge to myself. It's, hey, let's spread it out. So one thing you might have been struggling with, with this, you know, plug in, you might get more productive. So again, it's how do we start to do things very smartly and, you know, diligently as we go on. Fair enough um, about that in terms of uh, you can, you know, what you said about coordinating as a content writer. Now, when it comes to our children, when they say, I want to grow up, I want to be X. Yeah. Yeah. With, when you have um, the advent of this technology, will they, will they have the tolerance to go through exams? Will they have the tolerance to go through university? Will they want to do this when they, when they just say, like, why, what is the point when I can get someone or a computer program to do it for me? You are spot on. I come in from Nigeria. Um, we, didn't, we didn't get the opportunity to question a lot of things. You uh, know, daddy said this, mommy said, mommy this, said this, and that's it. That's it. Now, my four-year-old daughter is like asking me questions. Why am I doing this? Why should I do yeah. this? And I'm like, 
I'll take you back to Nigeria. <laughs> you have it easy. <laughs> exactly. But but you are right. And I, I think for me, part of, you know, conversations with my wife is we need to be open-minded nowadays, mm. right? You know, we need to provide the right guidance mm. and provide the right insights around things. You know, if my son came to me and said, hey, daddy, I want to be a musician rather than a doctor. Mm. Hey, I'd, I'd support your dream. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's about passion, being kind. It's still about that humanity thing, you know, behind the background. So I think if we're enforcing those ethos, every other thing is secondary. Mm -hmm. But it's a very, very, very valid point. I I can't give you an answer, to be fair. And I don't think anyone can, because until you get to that experience, it's going to be like, oh, snap, what do I do? It's true. Like, you know, we used to do this a different way. 15 years ago and mm. now you don't need to do you don't it. need so to how do you now evolve with them and i think part of the 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 blessings and gift is i'm in this industry so i'm mm. able to see a lot of things people can't see and i'm able to provide a bit more insights on on things like that so i'm quite quite fortunate to be in this in okay. this position okay fair fair point um we're gonna wrap up very soon we're coming up to an hour um one question about since you know with the advent of metaverse and uh, the the future the evolution of the internet will everybody just have to become a content producer or content creator no no i feel like there are too many yeah like everyone produces content everybody you did you you on your instagram yeah you're a content creator exactly exactly but do i monetize my content not yet okay okay (laughs) fine fine but you know again the 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 advent of social media has made everyone a content creator you have snapchat you have instagram tiktok linkedin there's that constant demand for content and with the metaverse as well you know until when content and you have those guys taffy i think taffy where um you have text to 3d avatars now or text to 3ds which you can deploy in the metaverse which is phenomenally insane mm-hmm. you know you have a lot of ai powered tools that are already starting to do that but coming back to your question it, it's hard because content rules we're we're in this era whereby our our attention span is Mm. you know very very limited and Mm. you have so much information out there so much content to consume you know like i was saying to you earlier like i had to delete instagram i I do that every three weeks because there's just times you get hooked and you're laughing you're learning you know but it's like shit i've spent an hour just doing this yeah i need to write this proposal i need to go pick my kid up or something you know people genuinely forget yeah you know so i'd say not everyone has to be but you know find what works for you like at the end of the day it's you know if you can make it work for you to pay bills go ahead if you can make it work for you to be an instrumental person to someone by learning education go ahead but don't use it for nefarious activities, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do it for clout, right. you know, um, which a lot of people are doing nowadays, you know, just making content, you know, to get numbers, likes, and all of that mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one. In case, in case people don't end up being a content creator, I'm, McDonald's will still be hiring. Always. <laughs> food can't go wrong. Food can't like, go wrong. You, know, you we need physical. food to survive. You need food to survive. Yeah. You need it to, it will always be there. Yeah. Wow. That was a- 
That's been intense, man. That's been intense, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, but I've had fun. Like, yeah. you know, all of this podcast I jump on and, you know, it, it's for me it's unscripted. Like it's I didn't unscripted. know what, I didn't know what you were asking me. I didn't I didn't go to chat GPT to get me prepared for this. There was I was just no. like, hey, you know, fountain of knowledge. If I don't know, I don't know. Like I've said in, in a couple of answers. Like yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that. Like, you know, know, we're still figuring it out. But I think for me, it's using this platform to get people to be educated, yep. get people out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, anyone can learn things. You have enough learning resources on the internet now. So, you know, people go out there, learn about the metaverse, web, web3, AI, blockchain, and see how that can improve your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Jimmy, this has been uh, a great, great podcast. I really appreciate your time and presence. No, thanks for having me. I, uh, hey, like I said, this is this is fun. Like, this is you fun. Know, this yeah. is fun, and it's work, but it's fun. Yeah, and that's what I you know. Look up, and, that's, and it's content. End of the day. Hey, hey you're, gonna, you're waiting, yeah. but you're monetizing. I'm not monetizing. Look at that. <laughs> you will. You will know. Sincom, <laughs> sincom. Yeah. But no, this is good. This, this is good. Is thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for the time putting this together. I know it's never easy editing and you know scripting and putting the questions together and you know the logistics of reaching out to people so i do appreciate your effort in getting people to know about stuff yes. that we're building which is fundamentally important and the impact of that so thank you very much 100 percent. remember traders brawl is a um uh, media partner and web3 blockchain and metaverse an AI uh, education platform. So yeah. we're here to educate because this is the next evolution of technology. Absolutely. And we don't want our fans and our audiences to fall behind. Yeah. So the, the point of Traders Brawl is to always bring in the, the people with the know-how and industry experts like yourself so we can educate. Yeah. That's how we get people to get from Web 2 to Web 3 and Absolutely. eventually Metaverse. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it.